the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me. If you missed any part of last hour, let me tell you, you definitely going to want to download the podcast wherever you get your pods. We had Marjorie Taylor Greene on the show, Congresswoman MTG, that is. We also had a spokesman from the Million Moms. I can't remember the, I always, I don't want to get the name wrong. They were always, it's One Million Moms. Uh, I keep messing it up, by the way, because it's reminding me of the, you know, Million Man March. It's the one million moms who have a petition against the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. If you missed that segment, you're going to want to hear that as well, because you're going to want to hear how you can get active and stop the ridiculous desecration of an American institution that's set to take place this Thursday. But we got another hour of great content and coming up in a moment, you know who it is because it's Mondays and that means a Maloney sandwich. Brian Maloney, that is. Before we go to him, though, you know my dude I have with me every night of the week who's equally yummy. I'm, of course, referring to the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some sesame broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame. Broccolini. You know, the truth is, I really cannot compete with bologna. I've tried. I just, I Mm -hmm. can't do it. I mean, it's... It's versatile, it's delicious, it's cheap, um, except in this economy, Mm -hmm. because Bidenomics, but normally it's Mm -hmm. cheap. Mm -hmm. And it's especially delicious fried. Joining me now on this Monday, have you ever had a fried bologna sandwich, sesame broccolini? I actually haven't. Is it good? Okay. Yes, it's absolutely amazing. Almost as good as fried Spam. Yes, I said it. I eat Spam. (laughs) I've had Spam fried rice before, actually. So there you go. (laughs) It's delicious. It's delicious. And now I'm getting really, really hungry. Um, Joining me on the show, as always, is the aforementioned Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. Thanks again for being here tonight, my dear. Oh, you bet. Great to be back with you. And all this sesame, broccolini, and bologna talk, uh, you know, it's amazing stuff. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I, I, are you think you're now thinking about some bologna on the Thanksgiving dinner this week? Are you not? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> that, well, look, ain't, you, that ain't happening. <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't be surprised because you Northerners don't know how to eat. Okay, there uh, I said it. <laughs> well, if only I was an actual Northerner, though. That's the thing. I'm only a you know I'm a California boy at heart. So this is true. Uh, this is yeah. true. Yep. All right. 
Um, so before the, at the end of last hour, we had a lot of fun with, um, Brian, oh my gosh, Joe Biden going up to a six-year-old girl, Brian Maloney, at a Thanksgiving event today, talking about her ears and asking her if she was 17. 17. It was was so beyond absolutely creepy. And we were like, you know, why would he not be pulled off of the stage? And, and, you know, it's, and I think it's because when we're talking about the Thanksgiving Day Parade that Macy's is turning into you know basically a gay pride parade uh you know it's like they don't mind seeing you know little kids um getting one-liners from the commander in chief um but i want to switch yeah i want to switch gears and talk about the republicans because there's a clip today speaking of a kid there's a clip from a republican that actually made me laugh out loud when i heard it and of course it's nikki haley who (laughs) i don't know if sesame broccolini heard this one okay this is who the neocons have picked top of drudge trying to tell us you know she face to face she's the one that can beat joe biden um maybe in the competition of um speaking weirdly to children in an audience maybe here is nikki haley talking to a little girl in the audience and let me see if you laugh out loud brian maloney like i did sesame can you play it i love your ad thank you let him hear guys it's me for free the kid's actually the one that got the applause line she's she looks to some kid who she's trying to pretend this is so symbolic of nikki haley and her yeah campaign. yeah yeah she's trying to pretend that this kid's just you know girl is wearing a hat because she's a fan of nikki haley and the kid just totally wrecks her by saying yeah i'm wearing it basically because your team gave it to me for free yeah. I mean, isn't this just perfect <laughs> oh she she just this woman is, is one of the most overrated politicians ever who is consistently under-delivered and over-promised and never really amounted to anything. She doesn't stand for anything. It's never really clear why she runs for anything other than to, you know, be in the club or whatever. And, you know, would be the first as president to probably have a summit with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic, you know, Enslavement Forum or whatever. I mean, she she's one of those, you know, WEF people, uh, loves the U.N., loves all these global groups that are full of tyrants that are destroying our country and our planet. Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, the the delusional uh, never Trumpers have grabbed onto her in a moment of absolute and total desperation because Ron DeSantis, every single day you ask yourself, why is this man still in this race? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it's undignified at this point for yeah. Ron DeSantis to be in the race. It's like you want to say to the man, if you had any, any self-respect, I mean, at least Tim Scott, you know, had the sense to yeah. get out. Uh, you, yeah. you know, I mean, honestly, you know, the uh, reputation, I mean, not that he stands for anything either, but I, I don't know why South Carolina has so many rhino Republicans that stand for nothing. I almost want well, to move there and just start right. screaming at all everybody there, figure out what's going on. 
Well, because it's a it's a southern state, which and the southern states were always run by Democrats. And so, you know, so even the Republicans are really, you know, you know, Democrats. It's just the yeah. Democrats are now communist. Right. And so right, you right. know, that, that's really what we have going on. And DeSantis, what's going on with him now is since the release of these Jan six tapes is he's now in a really difficult position because he needs. Uh, the MAGA voters who understand the threat being posed against us, what was done to Trump, what was done to these Jan 6 defendants through a weaponized uh, FBI and DOJ, he needs them. But at the same time, in order to get rid of Trump, he has to support the deep state and their narrative. And he continues well, yeah, to do yeah. so. He, continue, he continues to do so. In fact, he's trying to pretend that he is supportive of the of the Jan Six defendants, um, but even the aunt of Matthew Perna uh, retweeted that he didn't give a crap about the Jan Six defendants, including many of them that are from the state of Florida who've never heard of from him. So he's trying right. to pretend that he cares about them at the same time, trying to act as though Trump did bad on that day, and so did MAGA, and it's only making things worse for him, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, especially now that a lot more of the video has been. Re- released in the last few days and we're seeing just how devastating all of that release is for their for the left narrative and the republican establishment rhinos are still not saying anything about it it's like you know you've got you've got somebody in a maga hat flashing a badge you know to to the capitol police although some people say it's a vape pen but why would you flash a vape pen to the capitol no. police that makes no sense i've, I've no. looked at the blown up version of the picture he flashed the badge it's, he's undercover we're seeing we're seeing that the thing was crawling with undercover folks and, you know, they were wearing MAGA hats and they were up to no good. They were changing clothing. They were dropping bags in hallways. We've got the goods and the Republicans are still sitting there twiddling their thumbs, you know, just cowering in fear. Uh, and, and I've been just, you know, some of these, even like some fairly conservative senators who've been kind of, uh, you know, tweeting a lot of happy talk i've been even going after some of them on twitter i just get i just get annoyed you know it's like nobody in the party stands up for us anymore not even you guys you know i mean what what is going on here i just don't get it anymore well, I mean, I guess the reality is, is that uh, uh, the 70 Republicans in the House who voted to fund the $300 million FBI Taj Mahal kind of say kind of says it all. Well, right. And yeah. So, I mean, that tells you everything. This same well, as the yeah. say, the fact that we had Republicans that refused to impeach uh, Mayorkas. Right. That, I mean, to you me, know, that the FBI headquarters was the biggest insult yeah. of the whole year. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. the Republicans saying we hate our own supporters. We hate yep. our base. We hate our donors. We hate our fellow elected Republicans. We hate everybody. Well, why do you hate us all? Why, why do you hate us so much? You know, because we stand for something and you don't other than corruption. And, you know, the thing is, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if you were going to get into this tonight. But the earthquake that occurred in Argentina politically told us everything about what we could be doing here in America. That man, I don't know if he follows through on all of it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But have you listened to him? Have you seen him? You know, to me, that was this is what we could be doing. Well, I want to take a break and get into that. Can you stick around for one more segment? You you bet. You bet. All right. Awesome. Because I do want to talk about that when we come back. It's uh, the Trump of uh, of Argentina did win his election down there, and it should rent, uh, send uh, 
um, some chills and in, in have a ripple effect here in the country. Will it? Will it not? Uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about that with Brian Maloney from Red Wave America when we come back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Continuing on with our good friend Brian Maloney. It's Mondays with Maloney. And uh, before the break, he said that we got to talk about what happened in Argentina and it absolutely is historic. And I was actually, I, I couldn't really pull any audio, because, but I, there's a million great videos of this man going around. One that I saw today is, is he's ripping these, uh, Brian Maloney, he's ripping these um, things off the wall and get rid of this. And one of them is the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, gone. Uh, the Office of the Ministry of this, gone. Uh, the Office of what would be our CDC, gone. I mean, basically, it's the blueprint for what should happen in the U.S., right? Well, it was absolutely the blueprint for that. This is what I'm saying. You know, some people are saying, oh, you conservatives are living vicariously through an Argentinian, you know, election or whatever. And, you know, maybe we were for a moment, but hey, we get our inspiration from where we get it. And the bottom line is, if we have people who are in alignment with us getting elected worldwide, these are coalitions we need to be building. You know, Trump had backed him, by the way, and Tucker had interviewed him in September. And a lot of people at the time were thinking, why is Tucker interviewing this guy we never heard of? But the reason Tucker was doing that was that he was being proactive, which is what we as conservatives need to do, and calling our attention to, hey, there's a guy who thinks like we do that's about to take over a country of, you know, or might win an election with a country of 45 million people. You know, we lost. Brazil, where we had a huge conservative ally there, we need these guys around. We don't have a lot of this stuff. And that video that you're referencing, absolutely, he was talking about eliminating like 20 agencies. Argentina has been dealing with socialism since uh, the era of Juan Perón and his Peronist party that was in power until you know t- yesterday. Uh, and and it has killed the country. You need a sack of, of, of currency to buy a hamburger in Argentina, a, a sack of it. Um, you know, going out and they don't take credit cards. Going out to eat takes takes stacks, piles of money um, that is mm-hmm. almost worthless. And it's all patronage hires. And it's the road, it's the path that America has been on, especially under Biden, but also under, you know, a previous liberal president where it's all patronage hires and bureaucracies that we don't need. We're, we're really looking at, we're looking at this guy. He's wearing a hat that says, make Argentina great again. I mean, I, I was putting all these uh, clips from this guy on my pages on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and the guy is absolutely amazing. And he calls out the left. He uses a lot of language we will not use on the radio. Uh, and he does it on, <laughs> on television in Argentina. But you know what? Maybe that language has to be used once in a while to make a point. That's not how I operate. But, you know, in the con- uh, context of what he was doing there, I mean, it, you know, Argentina said, we can't do this anymore. We can't go socialist forever. And, you know, and the other thing is, guess what? Paper ballots, okay? No electronic Mm -hmm. voting, no voting shenanigans. And they had national election results, country of 45 million people that is mostly urbanized. They had results within an hour, okay? An hour. 
You know, wow. What is wrong with this country? So maybe we do need to look to another country. You know, we're not the leader of anything anymore. We're the the basket case now. We're the one that's in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. This guy wouldn't, you know, and and as for his language, you know, he does remind me of Trump. Trump was not elected in spite, despite the bad language and the mean tweets. He was elected because of it. Because the American people were so sick and tired of all these slick talkers, right? Um, That just sound silky smooth and then are just completely destroying us like Barack Obama. And you know who else? George W. Bush, who in many ways was absolutely worse. Absolutely worse. And um, and then on top of it, this guy reminds me of Dudley Moore from the movie Arthur. Remember Dudley Moore? <laughs> well, the 70s hair and all that. But you know what? The guy, you know, it may be retro, but the guy has a style that I like. I just, I watch them. I see a rock star. And yeah. the bottom line is, you know, he has a very limited window upon taking office to do the things he's talking about. But if he doesn't, He's going to upset the entire global order because they mm-hmm. cannot have one country going that route, which is our route, because the other countries will tumble like dominoes. For one thing, right. you'll get Brazil back. You'll get America back under Trump. You'll get Western Europe back in conservative hands. So the globalists are going to do everything they can to stop this man in Argentina from enacting what he wants to do. Because, look, if I, you know, if I had a ton of money to invest right now, I'd be investing it in Argentina right now. Because, I mean, you're, you're going to be able to buy a lot of stuff on the cheap at this moment that in a year or two will be worth a lot more. Because this yeah. guy, he's going to dollarize the economy. Okay, not that our currency is so great, but theirs is worthless. Get rid of the central bank. And as you said, get rid of useless federal agencies. Get rid of all the woke, you know what? And that's what we should be doing in America. Uh, and, oh, and he wants stronger ties with the U.S. and with Israel. And I thought, wow. 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 That, you know he what? Single those two countries out. We look, Buenos Aires is considered the Paris of, uh, yeah. you know, um, yeah, of Argentina. Before Juan Perón and, ruined it. Before Perón yeah. ruined it. I, I, so, so funny because, you know, when I was in the University of California, I took an Argentine history course, which was taught by a visiting professor from Argentina. It was like a one shot. And, and it ended up being a fascinating class. Because she went in, she was an expert, she's written books and she's from there, and she wrote books on how Juan Perón and socialism just bit by bit by bit by bit tore a prosperous country. It was as wealthy as America and any Western European country a century ago, and tore it to shreds and completely destroyed it. And they've had, what, 80 years of, of suffering and hardship in what, you, as you say, is a beautiful city, you know? I mean, it's just, it's incredible the potential. If this guy goes in and does what he says, I mean, it could be a place for some Americans to move to, honestly. Everybody I'm talking to, like, what country do we move to? You know, I got people starting to move to weird places and, you know, I, I hope we don't have to do this, but, you know, when everybody's looking for an exit right now, I think there is no exit. You have to fix America. There's no there's no place to jump off to, in my view. we got to fix this country. Well, well, I mean, it certainly might be an interesting place to, to pick up a piece of property. My understanding you is that they don't do mortgages. you got to pay cash. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, um, you know, and then you could go vacation down there and learn the Argentinian tango, right? 
Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and, and eat some good food. So, you know, I'm loving that. And, you know, look, if the Democrats can make Trudeau a hero, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, exactly. we, we can make an, another president of another country a hero and draw from that, just like the, the left has done with Trudeau. And we can do that even though they don't share a border with us. And this is an incredibly important story for us. And it should also, you know, give give hope to Americans that, you know, um, you know, we we can if they can do that there, we can elect somebody here who's going to. Yeah, this is the thinking we need as conservatives, Andrea. We need this kind. We don't have enough of this kind of kind of thought process going on right now. We're reacting to things all the time. We need to be proactive. Right. And we need to stop hearing from, I mean, here's a typical example. You mentioned there that their paper ballots, they got results in an hour. Um, after after the Democrats have stolen multiple elections from us, now suddenly everybody's about early voting. Right. right. No, the issue, you know, it, all that does is feed the left because the next thing that, you know, do, do you follow? Because what we need to be doing is arguing for same day elections, get rid of the machines and paper ballots. Instead, the Republicans always uh, just follow the Democrats. They're never proactive and they just uh, and then they act as though that's the conservative thing to do, which is to jump on board and just do it better. No, um, it, you know, we it, it, even in states like Texas, where they've supposedly uh, rewritten the, uh, the election laws to make them more secure, they always capitulate. Uh, for example, they'll say, we're going to yep. get rid of this over here, but we're going to extend early voting. We're going to get right, this right. over here, but we're going to do this. And, and, you know, no, stop giving in to the Democrats. That's we need the George to go back- W. Bush thing you were talking about. It's always about caving. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, um, and, and by the way, going to early voting is not going to solve the election integrity issues that we have, um, you know, because they're just going to find some other way uh, to steal the elections from us. Well, that's absolutely right. So we've got so much work to do over the next year. And what I've seen are people disillusioned, discouraged or whatever. And I guess that's why I kept pointing to Argentina last night, because it's like, we can do this. We can have this happen here. That's why that man is such a threat to the whole world, because a lot of people see that and say, wow, you know, we're not it's not so hopeless here. America can be fixed, but we got to work for it. Uh, If you think just, you know, we're just going to march in on election day next year and vote and that's going to change anything. Forget it. We've got to do all the groundwork over the next year. It's going to be a 24 seven job. Otherwise we lose our country. We lose everything. We lose everything that we've ever had because it's all going to be taken away from us by socialists and communists uh, and tyrants and, and whatever else you want to call them, which is what they are. And through, uh, D, I hate to use the D word, depopulation, but this transgender yeah. movement on children is going to leave entire generations of children unable to reproduce. Well, it, it is. It is. It's, and it's sickening. So, I mean, what's going on, the excesses of what has been going on under the left. I mean, Republicans aren't even fighting any of this. I mean, the, the extremism, and they don't say a word about it. They're nope. just afraid of everything. They're afraid to stand for anything, afraid to fight back. But we're not. So I think we have to take the lead. The lesson from Argentina is right. the people take the lead. They fight back. And we have to completely gut the Republican Party from top to bottom. It's completely hopeless. It's com- without removing almost everyone at the top layers on down to about the middle. The grassroots, lower levels still have good people. Um, but at the top, forget it. Cannot salvage any of those people. We've got to do, got to get rid of them. We've got to figure out how. 
All right, Brian Maloney, thank you for being here. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, my dear friend. And try some fried bologna sometime. Appreciate you. All right, stay tuned. Speaking of uh, crazy on the part of the left and what we need to push back, we've got another brand that's going after your children. And this time it's cereal. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. <sighs> there was a time where Fruit Loops was like they would call you you're that was like a term, like not I don't want to say pejorative, but it was like, you know, you know, like California's fruity or, you know, you're fruity as Fruit Loops. I mean, that was a term that was um you know, uh, used against people, but almost in kind of a fun, joking way. Um, The cereal itself was never one of my favorites. And now they deserve whatever, you know, uh, terminology or however the term Fruit Loops has been used uh, in a negative or snarky sense. Because, and I know, and by the way, I wasn't a huge cereal eater as a kid. Um, because they would all get soggy on me. And Fruit Loops was not one of my favorites. In fact, the only time I would ever like something like that was be if I ate it dry. Um, but you put milk on it and it just got soggy and then the milk got all weird looking. Just not my jam. Not my jam, okay? Now I really wouldn't eat Fruit Loops um, because they are going after your kids. Uh, Fruit Loops, at, at, at least uh, the Kellogg's boxes in Canada now, uh, but, of course, it's going to end up here in the States. But Kellogg's boxes in Canada now include, uh, they're going after your kids, offering free access to a diversity, equity, and inclusion digital library with the purchase of a box. So you buy a box of Fruit Loops and get your kids sucked into uh, LBGTQXYZ. Uh, sounds delicious, doesn't it, Sesame Broccolini? Yeah, beware, parents. Uh, you thought you could just shop for uh, breakfast cereals, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you thought everything would be above board. Look, uh, honestly, I guess I'll, I'll preface it by saying very briefly: it's a free country. This is a private company of Kellogg's. It's full of communists, and they wanna they wanna indoctrinate your children. I guess it's their right to put whatever they want on the back of a box. But um, be be warned. You know, with any yeah. of these brands, just know anytime you support something, you are voting with your dollars. This is not the mm-hmm. first time a brand has tried to indoctrinate kids, especially when it comes with or comes to the LGBTQ stuff. There's a whole month long indoctrination process that happens, and it's coming from Bud Light and Target and all these giant brands who must be getting something mm-hmm. out of this, right? I mean, why else would they go out of their way to put this kind of an advertisement on a box <laughs> unless it's. I don't know if it's part of a bigger plan, and that's really what it is. It's that it's that cynical and twisted, or if they're just bending the knee to the proverbial cultural warriors that go out there and say this is all in the name of social justice, um, which is really just cultural Marxism rebranded, so that way people will uh, be more inclined to accept it. But it does go to show you that the indoctrination that's been happening, it's all mm-hmm. the little stuff. It's not necessarily we sit kids down in, in indoctrination centers like they're Uyghurs. And make, and make them watch pro-CCP TV shows for 14 hours a day. But it is every single cultural institution in this country slowly rebranded along mm-hmm. the lines of Marxism. It's in the Macy's Parade now. 
It's in the breakfast cereal. It's in the libraries. And we know who runs the ALA. It's an open Marxist um, who wants mm-hmm. to make schools sites of socialistic organizing. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess my, my big takeaway is that with every brand now, you have to be so careful about who you're supporting. And I know that means more work for parents and consumers and shoppers. And that's unfortunate, but that's what it takes to be a wise consumer and a good American these days. You have to really think about what kind of brands you want mm-hmm. to support and what messages are they pushing because ideas have consequences. They push these ideas on their boxes. They will radicalize another generation. It's it's all about the ideas they're pushing. Um, and they know that. Well, that, I, Yeah. Well, I want to say one of the reasons you said they must be getting something out of it. Yeah, well, right? uh, you know, we've been talking about social credit scores. Uh, for citizens going forward, uh, social credit scores uh, have been a part of our financial system now for years. And they're called ESG. And Corporation Standard and Moody's, uh, Standard and Poor's and Moody's, Dun & Bradstreet, uh, they've all been ranking businesses uh, according to their ESG scores for years. And so that's one of the main reasons why corporations will do this, because they're going to get it. It's literally financially advantageous to them. These business, these corporations are having to look at it and go, OK, um, they, they have to do. And I'm sure they've got people on the payroll who do risk assessment who say, well, I mean, we we might lose this percentage of the buying public because we're going after, you know, six year olds. Uh, to try to indoctrinate them, but uh, if are we going to gain X amount in terms of uh, financial dollars, loans, equity? That he, um, um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Not capital, uh, you know, right? Or value, value in terms of being capitalized over here. And so that, you know, everybody was so outraged back when uh, the I think it was some some baseball game. Uh, was canceled in Atlanta because of something going on in Atlanta. And a lot of people were like, well, why would these, why would these sponsors and why would the teams leave? And it's because of the ESG scores. You know, they're less concerned about the consumers now because of the ESG scores. And so, and what that does is it incentivizes corporations uh, to go after children. So, you know, that that's a huge part of it. And it's it's just a reminder of why we need to support the parallel economy. And, you know, I there's so many other options for food out there and so many better things. I mean, you thought that you thought that cereal was just poisoning your kids with too much sugar. Right. Little did you know that now they're poisoning your minds, at least uh, Kellogg's, because it's not just the cereal boxes for Fruit Loops in Canada in March. Uh, the Claremont Institute revealed that Kellogg's had pledged over $91 million to the Black Lives Matter movement. Really? That movement, ha- yeah, and that movement hasn't gone away. This being reported by Gateway Pundit, that movement hasn't gone away. And you know why? Because it ain't about black lives. It's about Marxism, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's run by two Marxists, but, and, and please, maybe I was mistaken about this, but I believe based on their 2021 or 2022 tax filings, I don't know if the organization is finally looking at bankruptcy, um, but I know that their donations peaked pretty quickly uh, around 2020, and there was a steep drop-off, thankfully. I know they're still around. I just hope they've lost a lot of their power um, because as soon as those reports came out about Patrice Cullors buying these Mm -hmm. giant mega mansions in Beverly Hills with that money, um, 
there were there was there there have been a few different houses they've they've purchased under the guise of turning them into BLM activism campuses, right? In person mm-hmm. schools for for you know training the the young generations and those quickly those I'm sure those plans were were probably lies from the beginning, um, just to justify this outrageous purchase. But they blew through tens and tens of millions of dollars on things they certainly couldn't afford and it's all those those donations but it's the it's the effect around them as well they've they've started a new chapter of american history a very bloody and violent one they set the stage in Mm -hmm. 2020 for everything that we're seeing now that we just saw at the dnc in october i'm not Mm -hmm. a democrat i don't sympathize with the dnc but they are inside your headquarters people um and many of those democrats i'm sure still stand by blm so they're they made their own bed they're lying in it um BLM is trying to destroy this country and the Democrats apologize for them every single step of the way. Um, but I just mm-hmm. can't believe $91 million. I hope yep. that Americans find another cereal, please. Um, yeah. Fruit Loops is certainly not good for in terms well, of health. Well, it's all Kellogg's. Um, it's not yeah, just Fruit You're right, it's Kellogg's, Kellogg's. The, whole, the whole company. They own a lot of brands. That's right. So yeah, A whole lot of brands. So you think about it when, you, yeah. when you're going in, in, uh, in the grocery store. You look for that Kellogg's and, uh, and think twice. Right. Um, because it's it, you're voting with your pocketbook. We're going to take a break. We come back. A lot of people here in San Diego upset over uh, the city's plan to house the homeless. Guess San Diego, where they are about to put 700 to 800 homeless people. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know, last hour we talked to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and one of the things that we discussed there with, with her was how the Republican Party refused to impeach Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security. 14, at, at not 14, 10 million illegals approximately have come into the country just during the Biden, Biden administration. We don't know how many of them are terrorists, but we know a certain percentage of them are. On top of that, we've got a growing homeless problem here in the in, in the U.S., in particularly San Diego County and California. Major problems. And a lot of these illegals are being uh, bussed here, right, on their freedom runs. So San Diegans were pretty upset today to find out that one of the plans to deal with the homeless situation involves a 700-bed facility that they want to um, – Um, install, I should say, near Liberty Station in San Diego County. If you're not here in San Diego, Liberty Station is a development down by where um, MCRD, a lot of MCRD stuff was was located at. There's still, I believe, some stuff happening at MCRD, um, but not, not as much. So a lot of the old uh, Navy buildings were there was turned into condos and houses and a lot of restaurants. It's where the Rock Church is. Just a major, major um, residential and entertainment and life hub in the Point Loma 
part of San Diego County. And so to, and when you think of, when you think of Liberty Station, you think of, you think of the Rock Church, you think of restaurants and you think of families. That's what you think of. You think of the uh, farmer's markets on the weekends. I mean, just the, one of the most wholesome family areas that we have in San Diego. So they could not have picked a worse area to install, uh, you know, a, a, a large homeless uh, encampment there. I mean, I, I don't want to even call them shelters um, because it, it certainly doesn't, the, the word shelter invokes comfort. It invokes security when what this will do is bring insecurity and lack of comfort and lack of safety to the community. And there's a lot of people up in arms about this. It's going to be at the Barracks H in Liberty Station's East End. It represents about a third to one-fourth of San Diego's entire homeless population. And um, it's going to be near nine schools. Let me see if I read that right. Nine certified San Diego City School campuses, several preschools, children and children's education centers in the vicinity. This will expose uh, children, of course, to drug paraphernalia. Uh, but when you think about the homeless in San Diego, it is largely the drug addicted, the drug addicted with the mentally ill, and now the illegal aliens, many of which are drug, tra- drug traffickers, are child sex traffickers, and terrorists. That's who's going to be coming to one of the most family-oriented areas in San Diego County. Sesame Broccolini, anything you want to add? Yeah, well, a, f- a couple of things really quickly. The the first is that it's just unfortunate to see the quality of life drop so much for law-abiding, tax-paying, hard-working families and locals and people who've been here for generations and generations in this town like myself. Um, and it's also incredibly clear that nobody in Sacramento or in San Diego, including no nobody in the city council um, and certainly not the mayor, uh, Todd Gloria, nobody seems to have a plan for what to do with homelessness. We throw more money at homelessness mm-hmm. and the crisis and fixing it than any other state in the union by far. And we have some of the worst outcomes. And I, I think that speaks to the mismanagement that's happening at the local level. Having said that, I will say the homeless population in at least Northern San Diego County, you have a lot of veterans um, and people yeah. who serve this country who should not be homeless, who need help. True. So I, I don't want that part of this to get mixed up because there are some people that really deserve immediate relief and help. And I'm not saying this solution is it, but there are some folks out there that do deserve our help. Um, Some of our nation's heroes who are sitting in Vista, San Marcos, Oceanside, Carlsbad, who are homeless and live on the beach or live in tents near it or on the pier up in Oceanside. And it's it's incredibly sad, too. So of all this, I want to spotlight those homeless heroes mm-hmm. who really, really are being failed by the local government and by the city of San Diego, which is sad to say because our, our military and Navy and Air Force, it's a big part of living here and the culture here. Um, and so it's just sad that our local government is completely failing home, homeless veterans. Um, and really the people of San Diego, I can't believe there hasn't been a, a better proposal. It, it doesn't feel like it's rocket science. To, to figure well, out what to do with these people. If they're on drugs, get them into rehab. If they're, if they're dealing with mental health problems, get them into therapy and rehab and job training. It, this is not rocket science. Where, where am well, I going wrong? Well, but the thing is, 
Well, well, where you're going wrong is you don't understand that this is what the Democrats want. The increase marijuana to most of the uh, most of the mental health issues, the psychosis is they they want this. The majority of the mentally ill as a part of the homeless are that mental illness and psychosis is related to the drug addiction that's going on. And this drug addiction is what the Democrats want. One of the remember the push to legalize marijuana. Oh, it's so innocent. This is not today's marijuana and pot is not your mother's grass from the 60s. This stuff is creating schizophrenia in young people. Right. This the the drug addiction in this country is fueling psychosis. The two are tied together. But that's what the Democrats want. We wouldn't have we would have the funds and the means to deal with the homeless veterans. They're being pushed aside because of a manufactured crisis on the part of the left. And then you have to add in the illegal aliens that are coming here. They can't afford to live here. They're getting dumped here. And the Democrats don't care. Right. Some of the illegal aliens brought here are being taken care of on the taxpayers dime. But a lot of them aren't a lot of them because a a lot of them are are coming here just crossing the border themselves from TJ and, you know, are living in in homeless encampments, some of which have caused a lot of the fires in the past few years in, in San Diego. So the solution is is to stop legalizing drugs and go back to it being criminal. And, um, and, and also the fact that, you know, get them off the streets. Don't just put them somewhere to where the taxpayers pay for a roof over their head, but they've got to be cleaned up. They've got to go into drug rehab. They have to, and if, and they need to be assessed mentally. And if they've got psychosis and are a threat to themselves or other people, on the streets, they don't go back out on the streets. It's time for us to go back and having, uh, asylums to where people are committed. That's my thoughts. Well, I'll tell you this. It's a lot better than uh, – I mean, I, I'm right there with you, honestly. Look, I I don't know why. I mean, there, there are certainly other factors, but we've unleashed these these man-made crises um, onto people with no plan and no strategy about how to deal with the consequences. And I don't know mm-hmm. if local government's just going to keep kicking the can down the road. I don't know what the plan is. Is there a, a timeline here for how long these, these folks are going to be at Liberty Station? What's what's the long-term solution? Are they just going to take over the building eminent dom- domain style and and turn it into one giant, you know, and, and that's the thing is what, what happens once these folks are in a shelter. Because, again, I mean, the state will sit there or the city will sit there and, and gather people together under a roof so they can say they're no longer houseless or whatever. But they're not actually mm-hmm. going to get people these services, like you said, to clean people's life up. A lot, of, a lot of people, they need help getting back on their feet. I understand that. But we need to show them how to do it properly. And as far as from what I've heard right now, this this welfare state in California incentivizes people to stay on the street. Because if you are on the mm-hmm. street, you can get free drugs, you can get free needles, yeah. you can get free OD reverse kits or whatever. Um, so I think part of the problem is also the fact that we incentivize people to stay yep. on the street. We make it very easy and comfortable. You can sleep at the beach all day long. It's perfect weather almost all the way, the, you know, the whole year. Um, so you don't have to worry really about super hot summers or really horrible cold winters. Um, so you can basically sleep outside year long and you're fine. And we'll give you free stuff. And occasionally you could probably find meals or pay handle mm-hmm. on the street so maybe this uh this is a you know lose lose for for us and it it stinks for the people to get caught up in this situation i mean these homeless people are still people and, and we should want better for them i can't believe locals aren't demand demanding better i mean these are people that could be potential teachers or artists or engineers or you know i want people to get their lives back together i want the best for every american 
Oh, sounds like we're out of time for tonight's Andrea K. Show. I want to hear what you think. What are your thoughts about the homeless situation? Is there a solution or is there not? Andrea K. Show, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Thanks to my guests tonight, Marjorie Taylor Green, Brian Maloney, Jameson Taylor from AFA and the push to stop this crazy Mace, uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, One Million Moms Petition. And thank you, Sesame Broccolini. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. See you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.